This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. I'd rather hang out with an army of Michael Jacob clones than... <laughs> that's, that's a tall order, sir. It is. I would, I would, I would do it. <laughs> Shit. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In Canada, KYT. Tell Lord Tywin, winter is coming for him. 20,000 northerners marching south to find out if he really does ship gold. J. Bush. Come, bow before your king. Bow, your shits. <laughs> Scotty. And if the day ever comes when you're tempted to sell me out, remember this. Whatever their price... I'll beat it. I like living. And Medina. Just trusting me was the wisest thing you've done since you climbed off your horse. And now, the A-Team. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 78 of the A-Team podcast. This is KYT with just Scott. (laughs) How's it going, Scott? Good. Thanks. Yeah, Jay and John are sick. Uh, well, Jay's sick. He's going to join us a little later. He's at the doctor. Uh, he's not dead. And I think John has his wife's birthday or something. So, you know, she basically vetoed podcast. And we're all kind of sick. Like, I'm, I've am i been sick for the past week and a half. And, and we even wanted Caleb on, who was too sick to come on tonight. So, but... We got someone, one of our favorite guests tonight, someone who recently top-aided the Star City Games Invitational, top-forward, rather, someone who playtests only by goldfishing with himself, <laughs> none other than Shaheen Surani. How's it going, Shaheen? It's going well. I'm doing some playtesting right now. So. How else can you fit uh, interview and playtesting in the same uh, time, time slot there? <laughs> I know Scott was probably ecstatic to uh, see you do well because he's a huge fan of your decks. Yep. You play all the decks that I, all the cards that I want to play in a, a nice, tidy little package. So, very pleased. Yep. Master of two ofs and one ofs. So, we do it. Love it. So, uh, so yeah, actually, and it, it's, it's funny you mention that because I was, you know, watching diligently uh, the coverage all day, all weekend. It was fantastic. Um, you know, Friday I was able to uh, – I, I was playing Mr. Mom that day, so I literally had coverage up on the big screen. I had my little one. I sent my wife away on a daycation, you know, to get her hair did and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, so it was great. So I literally got to sit and watch coverage fucking all weekend. No lie. It was unreal pretty good yeah so it was uh i gotta tell you like the the props to uh props to the crew uh sam stod joey and jacob fucking holding it down um sam stod and joey guys you were absolutely unreal way to represent the community and show them that podcasters know how this shit runs i was yep. really proud of you guys yeah joey's awesome uh, all those guys i don't know sam too well but i, I know jvl and 
and Joe pretty well. They're both pretty good in what they do. Yeah. So it was it was really sweet to watch it and, and it really made it for an enjoyable thing. Uh the one props I want to give to uh coverage this time is they really did a good job of, you know, making sure that everyone had breaks, but making sure that they were filling that break with with relevant content. Like she I know you're on site, so I don't know how much of the stuff you actually were able to watch and how much of it you've watched sort of post game and stuff, or if you even bother, but they they were able to do a bunch of deck techs, you know, so they're like video deck techs like they do on, uh, it almost felt like I was watching Wizards coverage, you know, like yeah. they, took, they took the clue. Yeah, they stepped it up this time with that. Really made a huge difference as part of the audience. It was, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, sadly, my day one record was abysmal, so there was, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to go ask for deck tech. Usually they come up to me, but I'm at the old, uh, Five and three records. Start off O two in standard, so there's no deck tech for me in that tournament. Yikes. A little, a little depressing. So obviously the invitational was, you know, standard and legacy. So you are a uh, a well known and well reputed standard aficionado as well as, you know, obviously an exceptional drafter. Um which is one of which I guess it was your multiple draft opens that you know, aside from writer status, right? But like you you did really well at a bunch of draft opens to get into this. Yeah, I'm level uh, six in the club, um, based solely on draft opens. I only had maybe I had two top eights in the opens um, last year, but the rest of the points, all other eighty points or so, came all from draft opens. Yeah. So with this format, with with legacy being you know always the other half of the invitational format, like do you own legacy cards or you know like how did you prepare for this end of the event? Um, I have a friend who's a collector. He says he's about 800 cards, like, total from a full set of Magic, uh, four of each card. Um, and then one of all the restricted cards for Vintage, if I ever want to do that. So he, he pretty much, I asked him to build me the Grand Prix winning list. Um, this is the third time I had a Legacy deck built for me for these Invitationals. And the last two Invitationals ago, I was 2-1-1 one, one in the standard portion. I dropped so I was uh, playing with Pat Cox and Warren Beasley, friends of mine. I couldn't win a game with my deck, so I decided just to... That was when DCI rating was still around, so I didn't want to, like, butcher the rating, so I dropped with a winning record <laughs> from the standard. So, you know, everyone called me an idiot and everything, but, I, you know, sometimes you know you just can't win. So I was just like, you know what, I can't win, so I just dropped. And then the last tournament, uh, another abysmal legacy showing, but this one, um, I know, I, I mean, I'm good at, I know how to play some Stoneforge Mystics. I played a season <laughs> of that, so it didn't seem too difficult. So that ov- that obviously lended itself to your deck choice, right? Like it was it was a pretty simple transition for you, right? Yeah, with the, my use of Lingering Souls and Standard, um, every card in there was pretty familiar for the most part. But every card that was not familiar ended up being a huge play mistake throughout all the tournament until I learned what the cards did. There's a few examples of those, but. Um, the biggest one was right at the beginning of the tournament, round one of Legacy. I had, was getting beat by Batterskull three turns in a row when I had a Magistrate t- or Tower of the Magistrate out. <laughs> I just had no idea what it did. I don't know what any of my own cards do. I looked down and I'm like, oh, all right, pro artifact. <laughs> so, and, and I still won those games, too. It's pretty pretty nasty. Yeah, was a, so is that just a testament to the deck or your sick mad skills? No, there's no... I think the mad skills kicked in after round three. The the deck, the first three rounds, was uh, pretty luck-driven. Um, 
once I played Orin on camera, if you saw the match of me, me yeah. playing him, yeah, he was playing a hive mind. I I think I played probably the best magic um, in that match that I have in a while when it comes, especially well, legacy hands down, but it was real tight play. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, like, you started out 0-2, oh, 0-2 in standard you started out in? Yeah, I was had two buys, and then I started off 0-2, so 2-2 technically. Ugh. Yeah, back-to-back losses, one to Brad Nelson and uh, one to Ben Weinberg. And it was those those matches were, and that's what I kind of, in this article that's about to come out, I mentioned that, yeah, it was 16 rounds is just a ridiculous amount for 140 players. It's almost like borderline. Uh, it's just more of a, I think, the the staff that had it planned and, you know, Whoever the powers to be at Star City, they didn't want to, to drop the amounts. They wanted to keep it like premier with 16 rounds. Um, but the the positive was that, and I forgot who told me, maybe it was maybe Rabbits or someone that was around us, said that, you know, even the, with this many rounds, you, you'll you have the better players rise to the top um, because of, you know, you, you lose a game or two, a match or two, a variance, and you're able to bounce back because there's just so many rounds. And that's kind of how I feel my tournament went. Yeah. So you obviously were playing um, your Esper Walkers list exactly as it was in your last article. Yep. So your first standard went 0 2, obviously, after your two buys. Your second standard went what? X1, yeah, 3 1. Yeah. So what was the main difference? Do you think you just, was it the fire? Was it the matchups? Like, talk to us about the difference in those matchups there. Um, I mean, it's, I played Delver five times out of the six rounds I play in the tournament. Uh, and another part of the article is talking about the unhealthiness of the format right now. I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, it's, especially on, I mean, even online, uh, this is, I haven't seen a, uh, I guess a spree of the same deck since, uh, Callblade, there's remnants of it, but there's still a lot of rug at the time and kind of a, semi-even split. I'd say like 40% of the field is Callblade. Uh, but at this point, it's this is like affinity numbers, like Skull Clamp affinity numbers, where you have top eights where six of them are Delver, seven of these are Delver. So you're having uh, the better players in the tournaments just auto-choosing Delver without thinking about other matchups. But um, I played Delver again the next day, and just the games went the, like they should. I played against uh, Caleb Durwald the first round of the uh, the the three one I went and uh, I crushed him. I just played you know just just the way the deck should play. I you know I baited some counter magic with Sworn early on. Uh, Planeswalkers distracted him. Gideon got out and eventually just dropped curse and killed him. Game two, um, same thing happened. Uh, you know baited him around, got a curse out again, won the game again through curse. So the matches weren't like it, it's not like you know. Uh, different decks the next day or uh, better play the next day is just magic the next day, I guess. You know, what happened online was methodical. Like, you know, it's always distraction, 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 curse. And day one, I think Brad played pretty well around it. Uh, The other, Ben played decently around it. But then day two, um, my opponents didn't play too well around it and they got cursed out of the game. Nice. So, uh, um, it looks like they're, your deck has actually taken off really well. Um, you know, Bo Brugman won uh, a couple Star City Opens ago with a, a very almost exact adaptation. I think it was like 71 of the 75. Um, and that may even be generous. 
Um, but like he, you know, it, the deck certainly seems to be in the right place. Like Delver seemed to be dropping off. Your deck was taken off, and now all of a sudden the big surge of Delver's happening, and you're going like, you know, X. <laughs> Like you're smoking Delver all day, right? Right, especially online. In that tournament, I didn't end, but online, it's and when I play locally, uh, when I play in, like when I play in the Super IQ that they had here, it's the matchup is fairly easy as long as you play it right. It's a, it's a very tricky. Uh, it's kind of like it's like methodical, and you just have to you have to know how to play it the right way. And once you figure out how to play it the right way, it's, it gets pretty easy from there. So the most important matchup for you again, or the most important card, obviously, is the, in the matchup is Curse, right? Because it shuts off the Moreland Haunts and any spirit tokens that they happen to be running around all of a sudden are going to eat the dirt. Um, right. They can't even cast Delver if it's not flipped and go from there. Um, so what, like, Jerry, I know, was running, you know, some variant of Esper Spirits, and he was running Intangible Virtue and cards like Blade Splicer to try to offset the Curse weakness. Uh, while still not being vulnerable with cards like Drogskull Captain. Um, how, like, if that takes off, how would you see, like, is that a thing? Or, like, what are your thoughts on that? Luckily for me, and um, I guess other players, like Jerry, and there's a, there's a small school of players like him that don't like to lose to cards in the mainstream, like Curse. Don't like to lose to players running hate and whatnot. But, I mean, I've learned this throughout every format. The vast majority of players are going to keep their deck uh, solid, tight from, and, and not really like change their deck list, change their seventy-five, especially their sixty, to beat a card that might be out there. And even if my deck takes off, um, it still won't become you know high in the numbers of played. It's, uh, control decks never get that popular. Yeah. So I don't think his deck will take off. But if it were to take off, uh, if people were to start playing like main deck, uh, revoke existence, or you know one of or two of or whatever have you, um, then life will get a little more hard for our deck. Uh, but uh, I don't see that coming. And, yeah. and and the best part about it, if it does, even so, it should be only temporary, because decks like Wolfrun um, wait for the opportunity to to dominate again, and if decks play any cards like that, they're all just super dead against Wolfram. Like, none of those cards that Hands or Curse of Death hold are good against Wolfram. Yeah. Like Blaze Splicer and whatnot. Yeah. You'd, you'd, it's funny that you had made mention that, you know, the standard format being, you know, so terribly unhealthy and, you know, Delver numbers being so high. But, I mean, like, when you take a look at a lot of the trends, like, it almost feels like it's been, like, the standard, I think, from the outsider's perspective, has been fairly cyclical. Like there, there seems to be like Wolf Run doing well one week, and then you know when everyone's playing Hate for Spirits and Tokens, you know, and it just seems like it's been going fairly well. Now that being said, obviously the Invitational was just laden with Delver, and right. I think that's a lot to do with the fact that, like you said, all of the the good players, like the the elite, you know, that were qualified, were all there, and they're all just banking on that, you know, Cobblade esque deck you know, to try to, you know, the consistent, powerful strategy to try to pull them, pull more wins out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you're, when you're, I guess, identifying whether a format is healthy or not, it gets tricky because there's different worlds. You know, you have the, the casual world. Is, is that healthy? Is the tournament world healthy when you come to the Opens? And then you have the Pro Tour and Invitation and the upper crust kind of big and high-end tournaments. Um, and it really, it's, it would be unfair for me to say that standard in general is unhealthy, 
But when if you get to an invitation or you get to a pro tour, you get to a Grand Prix, you will have to beat uh, Delver, you know, 75% of your rounds. It's just some absurd number like that. <laughs> Even in Baltimore, I played Delver over and over and over. That was a Grand Prix. Um, and, but, you know, at my local shop, I, I still play F&M every week. And at FNM, I I don't play much Delver. There's maybe two Delver players in the store. Surprisingly enough, there's a bunch of control players in the store now all of a sudden. But so I play a lot of control mirrors. But <laughs> um, it, it's it, it really depends. Yeah, like you said, it, it, one week you'll see uh, Wolfrun winning an open, or you know, and and that's fine. But it, I guess, like you also said, the the better players are going to play the better decks, and that's why you'll see ninety percent of the pros playing. Um, Delver four of in their deck at least. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, so um, any ch- so before I I walk away from standard briefly here, um, any changes at all that uh, you're looking to make to the list, or you like it exactly solid and tight as it is? I know there's been a, the re- the reason I ask is I know that there's been a lot of instances uh, of your deck four owing and three oneing dailies lately. And there's been a couple, like I'm watching the changes in the sideboards, and they're obviously compensating for cards like the mirror. And we all know how fast Moto changes with, you know, compared to, you know, Paper Magic, as far as the metagame goes. But you know, are there any changes that you'd specifically be looking to make, or any matchups you'd be looking to shore up moving forward? Yeah, um, I guess I'm not premium, so it don't matter anymore. So I can do some some spoiler alerts for the article because it's all in there, all the changes and whatnot. Um, but yeah, the, the th- there are some big changes. Uh, fourth lingering soul is the must, and I write a, extensively on why. Um, I kind of swallow my pride, and uh, I've been I've been told by people around me, uh, from the from Kibler down all the way to uh, Pat Cox and Orange, people that have been around me that four lingering souls is the right number. Um, and I went from two to three, and now four has got to be it. The car is just too good. It's good against everything, uh, except for Wolfrun. And against him, it's not, it's not like a dead card, but it's obviously suboptimal. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's, that's gonna be a change. Uh, Geist in the sideboard is terrible. Uh, he has to go. It's not good against anything anymore. Uh, Blue Black didn't used to run Tribute to Hunger with Liliana. So now they have multiple answers that they leave all of them in against you. And it's, so if they don't have a Mana Leak, and if they don't have that answer, and then if they don't have that answer, you'll steal the game, but, um, it's otherwise it's terrible. It used to be good against like Grixis Control and um, uh, Solar Flare, but those decks obviously are super underpop underplayed and un- you know, unpopular. Yep. Um, and uh, I've added a Mortipod to the deck, uh, two of, uh, in place of Tragic Slip. And uh, Mortipod's been just off the chain online and in live. It's just. It's just way better than uh, Tragic Slip in almost every instance. Um, it's done things like, you know, been able to machine gun down Planeswalkers with Lingering Souls tokens to killing Mirror Crusaders with those same tokens to uh, blocking, shooting down creatures, killing Thalia, being able to kill Thalia again when they play it again later. Um, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on about how it's just better than... Um, uh, tragic slip the only obvious negative is that you're not killing any titans or anything with it so again against wolfrun it's slightly weaker but i bored out tragic slip against wolfrun anyway so um mortipod's probably the biggest change in the main deck um and then the sideboard has uh intangible virtue for the mirror 
soccer match. Uh, I've been playing too much Mirror Online, so uh, Intangible Virtues, the antithesis to the curse that they leave in against you. So your curse still wrecks them, and you have uh, Crusades in your sideboard for your tokens. Interesting. And good Crusades, nonetheless. Right, uh, right. Any changes to the Planeswalker numbers? Are you still happy with where they're at? Uh, same. Um, yep, it's two Gideon, two, 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 three. So same main deck. Okay. I've the online. I've been watching a lot of people play like Jace. You know, one of Jace in the uh, in the sideboard, obviously for the control matchup. Um, just having another you know card draw slash win card, right. I guess. Um, but uh, the other one that. Oh, what was the other card? Um, oh, Timely Reinforcements. Yeah, that card is horrible. It's the worst card ever. I hate that card. <laughs> I hate it in every deck, in every format. It's just, just absolute garbage. Like, I, it used to, like you, you see that card and you fall in love. I fell in love with it when it was, was printed. And I played it nonstop. And, man, that card just does absolutely nothing against any <laughs> non-red deck. Like, it just, it's a horrible, horrible lingering souls. And it's like... The card is made for, you know, you're obviously against like Delver, they're already at 14 when they start against you after they probe you a few times and do this. You're like, you don't gain any life early on. Um, when it's time to gain life and get some creatures, they just mana leak it and you know, three mana sorcerer. <laughs> like, I, I can't think of a deck I would ever bring it in against except for Mono Red. Like, it's just that bad. Against Geis, uh, like Strangle Geist and whatnot, I mean, how can that card ever be better than Lingering Souls? Um, that brings four creatures to in, uh, two separate instances yeah. where you can block with Lingering Souls, untap day, and then you still have a flashback opportunity without having to have all these if clauses, you know. It's totally fair. No, and that's and that's good. That's why that's why you ask, right? And right. Uh, and you're still at the three up for Despise? Uh, yeah, Despise, LSV is... Yeah, I, I, I tell him I appreciate all the help he's done, but in that scenario... Uh, and that, in his opinion of that card, he's a little off. It's it's like a it's like one of those necessary evils. He says it's terrible. I think he actually tweeted or said something afterwards saying maybe terrible wasn't the the lingo I need to use for it. Um, but it's a card where if they're playing force, you have to play it. They just have too many kill you threats when it comes anything from a planeswalker to thrun to titans to everything in their hand, and uh, you need you need help against them. So is is that card getting close to good enough? Like, isn't it fine? as a turn one answer to, like, to the Delver decks? Or if you're on the play, like, Delver on the play seems like a pretty good card to have in your hand, right? Uh, yeah. Only problem is you only have six ways to cast a turn one, so it's, um, it's normally a turn two play. If, if the mana base was a little bit better for single color black, like, if I didn't have Liliana in the deck, I would yeah. be able to incorporate more turn one black sources, but, uh, you can't cut the best card in the deck, so. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right. So, so we're looking forward to the article, seeing that, and anyone else that wants to uh, to get more details on that, you can. Um, what sort of an impact has you know LSV's article had on your list? Like, aside from the fact that it's exploding everywhere. <laughs> um, it, it feels good. Uh, brief, like this is kind of like a it mirrors very brief uh, spurts of uh, fame I had prior to this. Um, Greater Gifts took off because Frank Carson wrote about it and yeah. uh, did well at Worlds. And Mike Flores repeatedly has <laughs> helped me out. Yeah, you know, expensive sorcery master. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. So I mean, it's you know, any any time somebody recognizes a deck I make this um, at a higher level than me, it makes me feel pretty good. And um, 
as I told Mike while well, you, you know years ago, and I tell you guys, I play this game um, for nerd recognition. So I, that's what you want to play. It's <laughs> not. It's not I mean, sixty five hundred dollars is great because I've never been close to that kind of money, or it's been a long time. Um, but <laughs> usually, I go to these tournaments and I go to F and M just so I can keep getting. Um, my name out there and sh- show people what I'm playing and see if I can convince them to play my <laughs> concoctions. That's awesome. Uh, Shaheen, I wanted to ask you, because you were talking about how Delver was everywhere, and since I've been just focusing 100% on modern, I found it strange when my some of my friends who who, who have been playing a lot of standards say that there's, they think that someday maybe Delver could see the Banhammer. Would that would you see that be possible? I thought it was crazy because, but I've been playing modern all the time, so I I don't I don't think so. Um, basically, because it's it's uh, they haven't done it yet, and I don't know how many more last minute bannings they're going to do in standard. I mean, they did it with Jace, but the power level comparison to Jace uh, to Delver is obviously a wide gap. I think Jace is much more of an abusive card where Delver is, had, you have Ponder and Standard and that's it. It's not like you have Brainstorm and you have cards where you're guaranteeing it to flip <laughs> on turn two no matter what, always. So, you know, it's real frusta- frustrating when they turn one Delver and they flip it. Uh, it's, <laughs> but it's, again, it's, you know, it's a it's a, it's a luck-based card. It's You're taking a gamble there. I've seen many people lose matches because their Delver never flips. Um, I play, like, the match against uh, uh, Caleb, uh, game one, he had a Delver out turn two, and it did not flip uh, the entire game. Uh, turn like four turns later, I killed it. So <laughs> it's, you know, sometimes you you play a, a chance card and you get burned. So I don't think Wizards is going to. But then again, you know, who knows what they'll do? They they do erratic, stupid things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I know. So we had a a lot of. Um, discussion here about standard, which is great. Let's talk a little bit more about you know the legacy end. So obviously you chose a deck that uh, is very you know near and dear to your heart in terms of strategy. Um, how close? Like I haven't actually scrutinized the list side by side, but how close was that list to Tom Martell's list from uh, from his Grand Prix? Well, I got it the morning of uh, Friday. I actually had didn't have it in my hand until right before the tournament started. Um, so the only change I got, I really wanted to have, I had a few ideas. I wanted to play one Cabal Therapy in the main, um, which was, you know, genius for someone who's done any legacy decks or cards. So that was, I, <laughs> I was like, maybe after this tournament, I'll, I'll add a therapy. I mean, just the thing, an intuition for two lingering souls and a therapy seemed pretty fun. seems like it'd be a pretty neat, neat, like interaction. Um, and at, with four main deck hand disruption spells, a therapy with, the ability to flash you back with all these little dorks you have seems pretty good. So if I play the deck again, probably find room for um, therapy. But basically, it's a seventy-four of seventy-five. I I changed the um, I added a second GT to the main, cutting a spell snare, uh, expecting the mirror match often because mm-hmm. and you know it's just back in the day, Kamigawa block was my first pro tour, and I played a um, blue green control deck with. Uh, GTA in it. You know, you had to play, I played my own. Even though I could barely uh, abuse the card, it served as a disenchant effect and just sat out there to prevent them from playing theirs. So, this format was, seemed pretty similar. Seems like, I think, in a deck with 1-1s as your win condition, uh, the GTA War wins, so I changed that and that worked out pretty well for me. It, it won me my game one of the mirror match I played. Nice. 
Nice. So, how do you feel your matchups were across the board? Um, like, overall, like, you played against most, like, or rather, you know, what archetypes did you find you were you were running up against in Legacy? Um, I played Mono Red first round, like, the, the burn deck, and uh, I barely squeaked by with a win in that, but it, it didn't seem too bad, and that seemed like, that was the toughest win I earned over, over the weekend. Uh, second and third round, I played Maverick back-to-back. Um, I crushed those guys. Uh, Dark Blast is just, was just too good in the sideboard. It just killed everything. And I killed every, every, you know, every turn they played a guy, I killed it. And, you know, with, with a deck that depends on Mother of Runes and Noble Hierarchs, it's just too good. You were running Zealous Persecution as well off the board for that, right? Right, yeah. Zealous yeah. Persecution. Rat. I, I won my second round against a, a friend of mine who had two hierarchs out after turn two, and then you, I did that and took away all of his white for the remainder of the game. Oh, so. God. Yeah, uh, those those Maverick matches you were playing out, they were just primarily the green-white, or were they punishing Mavericks? I played one punishing Maverick, and I played against two green-white Mavericks. I lost, that was my one loss in Legacy, was to uh, one of the green-white Mavericks. Uh, I've luckily been doing clicked a um, punishing fire against the same opponent, and that he never drew another one, so I I won that game. I I, I realize that's a match where you need a little bit more hate for a card like Punishing Fire because it just seems like a nightmare. Um, and luckily, I was able to strip it out of his hand. <clears throat> but uh, let's see. After that, what was the other decks I played? I played against Orn, playing Hive Mine, mm-hmm. played against Rug Delver, played against um, Dredge. So. Pretty much a pretty healthy um, tournament for Legacy. Played a lot, of, a lot of different decks. Good. And you got through the Dredge player? Uh, yeah. He, he seemed pretty uh, knowledgeable, too. His deck was all foiled out. He says he's been playing Dredge for a couple of years now. <laughs> um, and he, he, I had to read every single card. I did not know the interaction of Bridge from Below. I see, It's just funny because these cards, I just, I, I'm really good with cards I know. Um, I, I, I can't think of a mistake I made in Standard. Uh, but when it comes to cards I don't know, I just have, I'm l- literally clueless, so, you know, I don't, didn't know what this Firestorm or whatever the hell that card's called, the, the red card in that deck does, I didn't know what the, 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 the Golgari Thug does and dies, so I'm sitting there reading it for, you know, at least, at least ten minutes of that match with me reading his cards. Wow. But I was able to surgical him out of the game, so, game two and three, so. Good. Excellent. Sweet. So you make it in, top eight, and uh, it gets announced, and you get the first matchup against? Uh, Rug Delver, against right. uh, Caleb Durward. Caleb Durward. Yeah. So obviously he is, you know, did you play him in the Swiss? You did, right? Yeah, I played him in standard, though. Oh, okay. So he ends up, um, so he obviously is a legacy stalwart. Right. You know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> How that guy is not on the pro tour, I still don't know. Um, but uh, so he's he's obviously on his deck, Canadian Thresh, right? Like he's been playing the shit out of it. That or Nick Fit. Um, how you feeling going into that? Well, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to him beforehand. You know, we're all picturing it up and talking, and he told me uh, candidly that he's crushed my deck five times in the Swiss. <laughs> yeah, he was five and three, so um, yeah, I'm not feeling too good. I, I like being on the play though, and I get to see his deck. Of course, I don't play test at all, so I'm just you know 
<laughs> just just looking and this is all visual, but I, I figure out that I need to uh turn one uh fetch in a basic island and then so he can't daze and he can't wasteland and stifle me. So um after that plan I, I'm like, yeah, I uh, kinda like I'm feeling like the forty percent like likelihood of beating him. And uh our match is pretty crazy. Um game one he he crushes me and so now I'm on the draw now or on the play again, but I'm down a game. And I mulligan, and my hand is brainstorm two fetches and three other lands. So just <laughs> like, eh, you know, so I'll keep it. Well, naturally, you get there on that hand. Oh yeah, actually, you know, the funny thing is, I don't think I actually got there. I think he he says he didn't make a mistake, but I think it was a mistake. He forced a will battle to save a delver uh, through from a sword to plowshare, um, and. I had a second sword, so after he forced it, he pitched his, uh, it was a pretty good blue card. Um, I untap and I sorted it again, but I happened to draw a Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, so I sorted play Stoneforge, and, you know, he doesn't have the force, he wasted it. So he lost solely because of, uh, trying to save his Delver. And I'm not going to assume to know more about Legacy than him, um, but it seems like a card as fragile as Delver, uh, against a Stoneblade deck that plays, you know, Snapcasters with the swords and everything, and I'm at 20 still, and I just don't think it was just a time and place for the, uh, the ditch the whole hand to save his Delver kind of deal. Gotcha. So uh, so you end up coming through that, obviously, some some hard-fought grinding battles, and, uh, you know, we're watching... Um... We're watching during this time. The coverage is showing Nick Spagnolo playing against uh, someone else running. Uh, I guess it was against Josh the, Rabbits. Josh Rabbits, yeah, and he was on Esper Stoneblade too. Right. And so we get to watch, you know, this deck s- slowly dismantle this Stoneblade deck. Right. And in that matchup, it literally didn't look like Nick was sort of behind ever. You know, yeah. like he he was just always exactly where he needed to be. And, you know, Ravitz was trying. And, I mean, to all his credit, like, he's certainly no slouch, you know? Right. Um, and he just he just couldn't get there. And so when the next matchups are announced, and it's, you know, you versus this at this deck that's designed to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much, you know, I was thankful that everyone split top four. And I started, after he announced that everyone circled yes on the paper, I... I initiated the round of applause loudly. I was, <laughs> I, so everyone started clapping and uh I was stoked. I'm like, all right, so you know, at this point it's for the trophy, it's cool and all, but um I I was pretty at this point I was officially proud of you know where I got. Um so we play uh and he tells me right off the bat, he's like, I hope you don't board like Rabbits did. He left all the sword to plowshares and all you know, this like all this removal in his deck. I'm like no, I would. <laughs> I'm not gonna leave swords in against you. What are you crazy? So I don't know why. Apparently, Ravitz just misboarded and misplayed. Um, and I was, you know, it might have been the reason why it looked a lot less close than it was. But game one was. I don't know if it gave it justice in the credit or the uh, coverage. I didn't read the uh, the article, but pretty much we get to a point where I have nothing, and he has Liliana, uh, and he's just dredging back dark blasts. And he has uh, Naya Souls Betrayal in play. And I have uh, three Lingering Souls in the yard. And in series, I rip Vindicate to hit Naya Souls Betrayal. I rip a fourth land to flashback two Lingering Souls. I rip a Jace the Mind Sculptor to get uh, countered or something. I forgot what happened to it. I'm pretty sure I got countered. 
Uh, I rip a another land, <laughs> flashback another lingering souls, and then I rip a snapcaster to snapcaster vindicate his only green source, and he concedes. Um, I had a batter skull in play at the point too, but it was germless for the whole game. So yeah. you know, once I hit the fifth land, I equipped it. That was a rip for the fifth land. So pretty much, I had to rip like the perfect succession of cards to beat him, and I did. Yeah. Um, game two, I get crushed, and then game three is when I make this horrific, horrible. Uh, misplay that cost me the match, and he would have been oh. dead, and I would have gone to the finals. I uh, I attacked into a um, mistress factory, and I did not know what a mistress factory does. I thought it was just like a meter vault. Um, so he blocked and it pumped itself, and I got blown out of the game. I lost because of that. He pretty much untapped and edicted me, and if I did not waste a creature by Stoneforge running it into his uh, yeah. uh, factory for no reason, um, I would have... Uh, that would have been, he would have died a couple turns later. So. Well, you know, at that point in time, you played, what, like 17 rounds of Magic or something yeah, ridiculous I, like yeah, that? Yeah, I played too much Legacy, too. I was pretty much legacy out. Like, I just, I, <laughs> ugh, like, it, I feel, I don't know. It's just not a deck. It, it's sort of my play style, but still not really. It's still way too aggro for me, and I'm sitting there getting bled to death by a Curse of Death Hall, which is, like like you said, it's the, the, like Joey said, the dumbest shit in the in the world and I was like God yeah. like, I never thought I'd be on the other end of a curse of death hole bleeding. Yeah, I, I that that was my tweet too and I remember you retweeted it. I'm like the fact that you're getting killed by a curse of death hold in legacy, the irony is just palpable. <laughs> you know, like, it's like man, oh this is this is horrible. Like oh, I'm sitting there like you know, like facing my chin, just like or my chin my or holding my chin just Waiting, you know, drawing a card, saying go, drawing a card. It's just horrible. Like, <laughs> so if and the, to do it over again is an easy solution um, for that problem, and it's the same as a standard solution. And I, I would have to talk for another twenty minutes straight and lose my voice to tell you how good uh, intangible virtue is going to be in legacy. But read the article, and it will tell you how <laughs> that card is going to be in legacy. Well, it just seems like anywhere Lingering Souls is going to be, that Intangible Virtue seems like it's retarded. Right. Like, everywhere, right? I mean, why play a Disenchant? Um, why play, uh, you know, Enchantment Hate for Dread of Night and for Nine Souls Betrayal when you have a proactive answer that will just kill them so bad if they don't answer it? And they board out Deed so they can keep their Dread of Nights in play. And then you just... In succession, play those two man enchantments, and then like results and value the game. Like it just, I don't see, I don't see in his list how that he can combat that. That's an auto loss after game one. Um, and against sulfur elemental, that, that's just the funniest answer in the world too. Where it's, you know, <laughs> an army of three one flyers that they play. Sulfur, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. And it just stops zealous persecution. It stops. I mean, it's just you can go on and on how just. It it saves it makes the deck much better after board. So is there like is there a legitimate Esper tokens deck? Like that was obviously Stoneblade, right? Which is good, but like is there a legitimate Esper tokens deck in in Legacy then? I don't I don't think think so because I think the reason why the deck's so good is because you can't hate both or each set of cards is unhateable by one series of cards. If that makes sense, like you can't you can't hate out. You can hate out the tokens, but you can't hate out the stone forge and vice right. versa. 
Um, especially when it comes to cards like Engineering Explosives or any kind of effect like that where they have sweeper effects, the, the legacy versions. Um, those would be able to stop tokens. Um, uh, surgical Extraction, if it hits your token, is, or Linger Souls is, is terrible, which happened to me in the mirror, but I... You have a whole another half of your deck that can win the game with Stoneforge Mystic. So gotcha. I, I like the dynamic. Um, and you know, with Legacy, you don't have many spots to to toy with because you have to play swords and brainstorms and all the mandatory force wills and all that stuff. So yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Shaheen, did you get a chance to check out Mike's deck? Um, what Mike's deck? Oh, Flores. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, that, that, that Cephalid, Cephalid Breakfast Monstrosity. I, I don't even know how the deck works. I don't even know any, I, I don't know any of the cards in there. I, I look. I went over to the table and he's laying down. He was getting all jumpy and excited. Yeah, he was so happy and like he went on forever. Walter, I was like, I have no idea what any of these cards do. It's it's embarrassing. It's funny. Like I can tell you flavor text on some cards. You know, <laughs> I tell you flavor text on some of the standard cards that I draft with. But when it comes to legacy cards. Uh, you know, core this and I don't, know, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to take like a week off and research them again. <laughs> well, at least like you 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 talk about how you dredge. You have to read the cards and, and you were able to figure it out. Like for me, when I started out, I was intimidated by legacy by all these different decks and what they actually did, and and thought I was misplaying all over the place because I just didn't know what their deck was trying to do. So right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what a lot of, like, uh, the red deck. I didn't even know Mono Red was a viable legacy <laughs> option. Like, he just started, you know, just lava spike me. <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> so, was it, was it, Pat, was it uh, Patrick Sullivan playing, no. playing against Burn? No, uh, it, uh, it was just a average average guy. There was this. another person in the room playing Burn? Yeah, yeah, he tried to burn me. Shit. Tried to do it. Did not work. Batter Skull is a little good. No, that's how Game 2 ended against Caleb. Um, you know, like I told you, he fought over that Delver, but at the end of the game, I had a Batter Skull GT on it. He had a uh, Sulfur Vortex out, and I pondered into Disenchant, so that was pretty fun. Nice. Gained about 1,000 life in that swing. Yeah, it seems like playing against Mono Red, they literally have like a five-turn clock against Stoneblade. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, they... they they have to kill you so quick. And then after board, they, they have smash some of the rings, but you, you don't have enough cards to board in, so you have to leave forces in. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, they can still stop it when they try to go for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Nice. So overall, venue experience, like, talk to us, any sort of last impressions about the whole experience? Um, It was probably the best tournament I've been to in a while. Um, the the pro tour feel of three days is cool, but I don't think they're going to do it again due to the lack of attendance. I mean, just some people just can't take work off like that. Um, and their biggest problem was starting Friday in the morning. You're not gonna you're gonna lose half your players. Um, just due to the time you're starting. So beside the the way they lay the tournament out, the by day by round was a little rough, but they're gonna fix that. Uh, Star City is pretty pretty good about um, you know learning from things they've done and then making just the tournament better. Uh, I even hear rumors of uh, the players' club being boosted back to a respectable level. Um, you know, at the beginning they shot too high and now they shot too low, and I think they're gonna come to the middle. So you can probably, I mean, I have no actual confirmation for this, but I'd expect some decent changes in the club. Um, 
But this tournament, yeah, it was really fun. It's it's good to see friends of mine that I don't get to see on the the pro tour anymore, like Brad and and Kibler and um, these people that you know it's, I can only see them in passing now. Grand Prix, pretty much. But I used to used to spend much more time when I didn't have work um, obligations. So uh, it's cool to have Star City to host tournaments that bring players like that to uh, a, a private private tournament rather than you know only at the big big like Grand Prix of Pro Tours. Nice. Um, but yeah, like, you know, if it wasn't Legacy, it'd be better. I would have had an even better time, but you know, I, <laughs> I do, I do one day hope they'll do a draft, um, invitational and I know it costs money, uh, but it's, it just seems like it, the best players in, in history, um, anybody you ask, uh, these, these, especially when they have the big team tournaments, they have Rochester drafting all this. The, the super skill intensive formats and the tournaments that will attract the most people are these big drafts. I mean, think about the draft opens. You see, like, Finkel playing in them when it's local for him. Darwin Castle plays in them. You, know, you, you sit in pod and you see all these Hall of Famers around because they, they won't play the other tournaments, but they will come out and they're going to, you know, they're going to play these draft opens because draft is just the best format. So I hope they incorporate that sometime. Well, and since they're already running draft opens anyway, it wouldn't be, you know, that big of a stretch for them to do that. Right, especially if they, you know, you have another 150 man, 200 man tournaments. Not, and when you cut to day two, you can do day two as a draft format. Because with 64 players, it's pretty easy to set up some draft pods and go from there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so only 64 made the cut to day two. Yeah, uh, some four and four records made it, so it's pretty, pretty funny. Wow. I mean, me going five and three in the top eight is pretty. Uh, unlikely in any real tournament uh, when it comes to real, real based on the amount of rounds per player. So, you know, I'm not going to complain about how many rounds there were. So KYT's been playing a shit ton of modern. Um, yep. Have you had uh, any chance to take a look back at that? Or you just been uh, expressly, obviously, I mean, you know, knee deep in the invitationals relevant. I've been looking through the list right now and I see one guy playing the, the, the deck we were talking about with top eight Texas with it. Footsteps what? of Gory. Oh, footsteps. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I broke the pack. I don't know if you saw my my list. I played. I, I top eight um, back to back PDQs in Roanoke, Virginia, a couple weeks ago. Um, and was, I it was a was Esper. Yeah, Esper gifts deck. So, um, yeah, I top eight. I went undefeated in the first one, and then lost in the top eight to. Uh, you know, everyone's got bad beat stories, but that was probably the worst luck I've had in Magic in months. I can't, I, like, it, it was pretty much a point where he had, a Finney player made a misplay by playing Blood Moon and locking himself out of Ink Moth Nexus and Cranial Plating. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, I can't lose this match. So I have out, a, I have out a Plains and a bunch of Mountains, obviously, and Time Reinforcement Tokens. He has no cards in hand. He draws her turn, says go. I end a turn, uh, or not end a turn, I untap, get to untap my planes again because I tie them lead. Uh, say go. During its upkeep, I go to path my token. Uh, he, one card in hand was Galvanic Blast. So if I get an island, I win. I'm holding double Hercules Recall, uh, gifts <laughs> to get my combo, and he's just dead. Uh, so he draws, says go, and then I untap, draw. And I'm thinking forever. He has out a S champion with uh, non-metalcraft. And I'm th- sitting there thinking, thinking, and then I go to path my token, and he 
shows me another galvanic blast. I'm like, oh, give me a fucking break. <laughs> like, and back to back, I was I was sick. I just couldn't. Oh, I I could barely operate after that. So you know, that was a pretty bad beat. Then I lost to Glenn Jones twice in the the next one in the Swiss and then the top eight on the second PDQ. But it was just a gift deck with um, you know, the whole unburial rights package and um, cryptic commands and counter magic and hand disruption and all that fun stuff. Nice, but no, no lingering souls. No, I think I might play it if I played it again. But I, I put together a blue white Tron, and there's no way I'm playing any other deck for the rest of the season if I were to play in any more tournaments. Um, I went to work with my request to see how many more days I can take off, and there's uh, the pro tours in the school year, so I can't go. Um, so I'm not going to play in any more PDQs. But if I were to, I'd definitely play Tron. Specifically, the blue white version. Is there? I know you typically you started the season playing that version, I believe. Yeah, I, I started about to play that, but the, I actually only played in those two PDQs. It's the only modern I played all season. Okay. Um, but I would. The blue white one's good. Josh Cho was playing in that tournament. Uh, who won? He won a PDQ. Uh, a friend of mine in Roanoke. Um, and he's he's playing blue white Tron, and the the deck's just solid all around. Um, and doesn't lose to it does what my deck does, did Esper deck but it also has the broken mana to to be able to get around any kind of uh, remand and hand disruption and kill you with Emrakuls and stuff so. <laughs> oh, did you check out the, the latest craze which is yeah. modern modern I mean I can't <laughs> I, I, just, I never buy I can't I can't bring myself to play a, a dirty version like that I'm good I uh, old fashioned here you know <laughs> Even though you think it's clearly, it's clearly probably the best deck. It's probably the best deck. It's probably <laughs> better than all the other Tron variants. And it's def- it, 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 I can't see hands where you don't have Tron on turn three. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, turn three Karn every time is pretty stupid, but I'll leave that, I'll leave that to the kids. You don't have, you don't have Reman? Kill your Urzalan and like your soul bar by. Yeah, well, you're done. Yeah. It's yeah. Game over. It's, I, it's, that's a nightmare. You might have to play like, uh, you know, <laughs> play some green white deck with Galactic or something like that. Right, they can't, they can't beat a Galactic, so I, I don't. I, there's some ways you can hate out of that deck, and that's probably the big one. But yeah, I've been, I've been beating it because I've been dirtling with uh, some, some Delver decks, and and a lot of times I crush them when I have some sort of um, land destruction, uh, whatever Tech Edge or Ghost Quarter, and then I have Surgical Extraction, and then. It takes them too long to finally get to seven land to to get me. By then, I've I already set up board presence to kill them. So, right, um, yeah, surgical is pretty good against the Tron lands. Um, but uh, I I don't know. It just has so much so much explosive power. Where if you don't have it, yeah, they always have it. <laughs> You're just dead. <laughs> I mean, my slaver is just as bad for most decks out there. So. Yeah, I agree. Oh, but you wouldn't play the dirty version. That's, that's dirty. That's, you gotta have some respect for yourself. <laughs> hey, I, it's on my list of considerations for this weekend's PTQ. I so. mean, no, no judgment for you. <laughs> I can't. I can't get behind it. It's just. I don't know. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's, got, it's got eight chromatic stars effects, and it's stupid. I don't like it. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. <laughs> It seems like one of those uh, 
it feels like all in red. I mean, obviously it's much better than that, but it just feels like one of those decks where you just, you know, it's it's too combo-oriented-ish, I guess you could say, where blue-white control Tron is can win with against hate like that. You're not going to get, you're not going to just smash uh, a blue-white Tron player with the uh, tech edge extraction plan. They can still bounce back from that. Um, right. You know, gifting for some unbarrel rights and I own and be able to still combat you. But yeah, that, that deck is pretty, uh, pretty narrow. <laughs> but I am trying to see, like, I haven't had time, but I really wanted to see if black white tokens was going to be good. Uh, because Reed Duke posted this on Stardew City Games, but I haven't had time. Dude, I'm telling you, like that deck is fucking like one card away from being amazing. <laughs> I'm just honestly, it's so close, it's so dumb. I I'm at the point where I I, I ravaged through my boxes to make sure that I still had Windbrisk Heights. Thankfully, I do. <laughs> but like lingering, oh, yeah, there's, lingering there's souls in every in top format eight too. Yeah, there's yeah. a black white token sitting in my top eight. Yeah, we should, is there a link to it somewhere? Like, is the link link to that on... Uh... It should be on Star City, where if you have the deck database and you just go to Modern, it should be uh, Roanoke a couple weeks ago. Okay. I'm not yeah, sure exactly. I haven't seen that. it myself, but people said they saw my list online and were like, what in the world are you playing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, it's a, it was, Liliana was great, though, Modern. Oh, man, well, that card is just so good in yeah. every format. Every real format. <laughs> Every real format. Yeah. So legacy, legacy's not not a real format, right? Uh, it's getting there. It's close. I, I like I said, I, I went from just like always dogging my legacy friends. I'm sure you know the the Hatfields and yeah. David Gearhart and all these names there, just always in the legacy eye. And now I just tell them how how terrible their format is and how it makes you worse at Magic the more you play it. And, you know, I just, you know, <laughs> things that are just unsubstantiated, like insults, just nonstop. And I, I went from that to, okay, well, it's, there's something to this, something to this format. It's a little, little smidge of skill involved in it, but still not too much. I mean, if I, like, I'm no, like, master of all formats. So when I, if I could walk in and go 7-1 and have the best record in a legacy invitational, then there's something <laughs> wrong with the format. <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. This so um, people suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the people I beat are like, I, legacy players that beat are like David Shields and Caleb, and, and I beat all these, you know, these ringers in legacy. That, I don't know. Seemed pretty easy. There wasn't many uh, opportunities for me losing against a lot of these decks. Put it that way. <laughs> I'm trying to find, uh, trying to find your deck lists here, and I, I can't. They're not on TCG Player, so that's a, an interesting point to note. Let me take a little look. See, yeah. did you go to Star City? Yeah, I'm on Star City now. Because they've got the old, like they used to have a million deck lists, but now there's basically just like the open series deck lists. Yeah. Oh wait, there we go. This is the one that Josh is. This the one that Josh Cho won. Yes, that's the that's the day two deck I had. I I top eight the back to back ones. It's pretty similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah I have, I have it, it right here. There. Are you looking at the tokens list? Of course, I'm looking at the tokens list. What the hell do you think I'm looking at? Shaheen, I love you, but I don't like Tron. Um, no, I was playing Tron. I was playing a sweet uh three color control. Yes, for control. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I had main date Nine Souls Betrayal in it. It's awesome. Fuck that card. I also had my. I can't play any deck in modern, even Tron, without 
one Snapcaster, one Noxus Revival, and Gifts. Which was just so good. So good. Well, this guy's playing two hero blade holds. Yeah, he's playing a type two deck, so <laughs> I walk by, I'm like, Yeah, your deck's horrible. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh... Uh, I was like, Well, once I saw him play Raise the Alarm, I'm like, Okay, that's nice. <laughs> but hey, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at one on a, a moto um your comment about how amazing Liliana is in, in modern. She's just she's absurd in that format. She's like a reasonable clock for Tron, so it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. But there was somebody that was playing uh playing her as a three of in a black white tokens list, and I'm not sure I'm happy about it. But uh, it was it was interesting, just to, since we mentioned it. But yeah, she's uh, completely absurd. Uh, she was an all-star in my Jun list, like the reason that I was running Jun during the PTQ season. Um, yeah, because just like Bloodbraid into Liliana or Tarmogoyf or something else that's retarded is just fun. Yeah, it's really good. So. There's not many, there's no other three of, uh, or three drop I'd want, um, especially when you're, especially with the Bloodbraid out, so. Yeah, and I noticed that that's what Glenn was playing, right? Was was Jun? Yeah, yeah. He got he got pretty lucky in the Swiss, but he crushed me without any luck in the top eight. It wasn't even close. Crushed me. Mm. Yeah, actually, the list looks pretty good. I'm well, uh, the Esper list or the both. Oh, yeah, yeah, both that and the Jun list. I was just taking a quick look at it. It's very similar to what I was running. It's maybe like four or five cards off. But I mean, most journalists are, right? Right. So, yeah. So Inquisition of Kozilek. You want to talk about how dumb that card is right now? <sighs> Wish it was in type two. It's pretty yeah. good. I don't know what Wizards has against black being good. I don't know. They just really don't want black to ever be good anymore. Oh, like, you know, by itself as a, as a primary color. It's just... It needs that one mana hand disruption spell. Like it needs a bed. Like, just need, and I don't understand why they keep uh, bringing a new good one in and then just removing it immediately. Like, duress is back. Oh, or gone. Inquisition's back. Great card. Oh, gone. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I guess it's, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if they're going to make mana leak, it just seems like it would be sensible to keep something like that in the format also. So it's, a, it's an interesting point that you bring up here. Um, and there's actually so two questions that I want to ask you about sort of what you see, uh, your thoughts would be potentially on a future that contained or does not contain. Uh, so Mana Leak coming back next core set. Do you believe that's a, a they should or they should not do so? Um, I think they should. Uh, I don't think it, people will tell you, especially any blue player will tell you now, that Mana Leak is not the best right now with Delver being popular. I board it out against Delver every time. Um, so it's not, it's not broken. It's one of those things where if you're playing blue, it's good, but it's not, it's not the end all be all. So I think it's just a solid staple for the the old color wheel that they're trying to keep going. Okay. Um, and so what are you looking forward to potentially seeing in, uh, in Avacyn Restored? What, what would you like to see in, uh, in the next set? Uh, a target for Vincer. Oh, they, like they need a two mana target for Vencer, and once they do that, you'll see my deck choice um, change drastically. Yeah, <laughs> I still feel that Vencer's insane, um, and 
it's just missing a wall of omens or spreading seeds or whatever, any kind of two mana cantrip to make it a little bit better. I mean, who needs, like, you say that Jace is played, you know, there's, and I've seen one of them, Jace, uh, one of them, Jace in the sideboards, uh, but Vencer's way more damaging than Jace is in the control mirror. Like, if that guy goes to ultimate, the game's over. Huh. He's really hard to keep up with, too, with, uh, going to five, then seven, then nine. It's, it's not, it's, in a control mirror, it's pretty hard to, uh, knock him down. Wow. That's a really good point. He so would that control killer. Uh, would that influence any of your other card choices? Oh, like I mean, I guess I guess Venser and Liliana play really well together, right? Yeah, uh, Venser plays really well with uh, all the Planeswalkers. I feel, um, and it used to be, you know, previous blue white control decks I played, it was always an even split. I play like one Venser, one Gideon, or two Venser, two Gideon, or. Um, because you know this Gideon is just is pretty bad against control. Um, you know it's obviously better than you know a, a creature that dies. But as far as uh, like its versatility against control is pretty bad. Or Venser is unstoppable against control. So it's you have uh you know two ends of the spectrum there. I don't think I wouldn't change decks completely, but the deck would take a whole new angle. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Um, a lot of people have been talking about how uh, Abyssin Restored obviously uh, lends itself neatly to an angel sub-theme. Thoughts on bringing Baneslayer back in a non-corset? They would have to get rid of the Titans first um, for that card to ever see play again. So if, if Baneslayer comes back in Abyssin Restored, the corset's going to rotate in September. So we'll have a summer where it won't matter. But is it is it too good, or is it if the Titans go, is it okay? Is it acceptable? In it's, your opinion, it, I think it's acceptable. I mean, you know, it's it's the same as when it's the same logic people use now to say why people shouldn't play consecrated sinks when they say because people play unsummon. You know, it's the stupid. That's it's like the dumbest argument in, in the world. <laughs> like, don't play this card. Because the best they play is four on summon. Like, don't play this card because you know it's like saying don't play the card because they kill it. You know they might kill it. This just is really stupid. So I think Baseline would be pretty pretty good. It won't be better than Consecrated Sphinx, um, but it will be. You know, it's one of those where I'd rather have one of those and a Tyler reinforcement in the sideboard. You know, it's just yeah. one of those would probably have a nice sideboard home for a while. Yeah. Well, it could easily take the role of Batterskull once Batterskull rotates too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so. Batterskull rotates is going to get pretty painful against the Aggro decks. Yeah. But, I mean, the good news is a lot of the speed and stuff is going to go out. Like, Mirren Crusader is going to go, right? The equipment's going to go. So yeah. it'll make it'll make each each spank a little bit less relevant. Right. And, you know, control or aggro comes and goes, but control stays relatively... The same, you know, it does the same things from format to format. Yeah. So with um, so block constructed has uh, obviously experienced those two major bannings with uh, lingering souls and intangible virtue. Um, that sort of lends itself naturally to to believe that there's still not a good sweeper coming in Avicen restored. Right. Right. Because otherwise, there would you know they just rely on the control decks to to take care of business. Um, so what does that mean for the future of control then? Um, I I say like, I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't 
assume no good sweeper would come from the format. Uh, mainly because sweepers don't aren't the best answer for lingering souls. Because uh, with every use of that card with intangible virtue, you're facing down, you know, three four turn clocks that you yeah. have to repeatedly sweeper in order just to survive, and the control can't win that that race. So I think it's even if it, there might be a sweeper that comes out, but the reason for the banning is uh, there's no strategy that can beat that. I mean, you see, look at the modern deck that's playing tokens. You have, you know, if a, if a modern deck is a few cards off from a block deck when it comes to at least the strategy of it, then you, you have a big problem with your. That's probably block. true. Um, but I see block being dominated by planeswalkers of some sort. Uh, I mean, I, I there's a lot of good decks out there. Uh, I think werewolves is underestimated in block, um, especially when it comes to you see I see people in standard trying to get away with where the uh, you know red green werewolves, and you lose nothing from being in a block deck. So expect some um, some reckless wave aggro get you mayors. You know I can see it happening. Yeah, especially with with tokens gone, people might let down their guard with uh, curse of death's hold. You know you're not not everyone wants to play that card anymore. So you might see uh, kind of an aggro resurg- resurgence. Yeah, yeah. I know the still the red white tokens list in block is still really strong. Um, you know it's it's still running all of the like rally the peasants and hell rider and that sort of stuff, right? And right. like hell riders just bonkers in that strategy. Yeah, the, everything that uh, hero of Oxid Ridge wish he was. Yeah, yeah. I remember hero of Oxid Ridge was good for about a month when uh, people had wall of omens mm-hmm. that they couldn't block with. But after that, yeah, he was pretty pretty dead. Yeah. So that's pretty sick. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for uh, for our discard spell. Like you said, you you said it earlier. Like the, I'm waiting for it. I don't know whether it's going to be in block, whether it's going to be in the core set. They got to do something, right? Yeah, you would think. I think that that particular color, uh, black in general, has been screwed over um, from set to set. And you'll have these fantastic cards like Frexian Obliterator and uh, either the equipment like Lash Right, this is super powerful. I mean, picture picture like cards like if there's a uh, white equivalent of Frexian Obliterator. Um, how much play that card would get. <laughs> so you, you have like cards that are this good, um, just not seeing play due to the, the color being so weak. And they're missing a one-mana discard spell to make that deck better. Zombies with Inquisition would be uh, so much better than you know what it is now. Um, all these decks are always just one card. All of it. I, I tell zombie players, I play against zombies. That was the one non-Delver deck I played against in the Swiss. And I told him, uh, you know, your deck with a two drop would be insane. Like if there's a three one for two zombie, uh, the deck would be much better. But they're you know just, they're always missing one little piece to make these decks a little bit better. Yeah, I've been seeing that uh, locally. There's a bunch of people playing the uh, high priest in that two drop slot. Oh yeah, yeah. Every time I play, every time yeah, he was playing it too. I think everyone online plays that too. Yeah. And every time they cast a card, just like tickles me. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> you, what a horrible ass card. Yeah. <laughs> like, but against control anyway. I'm sure it's decent against aggro, but yeah. it's just another card that dies to Day of Judgment. Exactly. Resistance. Yeah, and it makes these 5 5 guys that make it tremendous, you gain tremendous value out of your Lingering Souls tokens from. 
Yeah, exactly. Chumped them all day. I, and actually, against him, I ultimated um, Soren game one. I couldn't draw a Day of Judgment, so I took uh, his high priest, a couple other guys, and started making my own demons and stuff, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Soren ultimate is happening more often than I thought it would. Is is there, like, because of that, is there room for a third one? Like, um, somewhere in the 75? I don't like it that much. Uh, I loved it when it was released, like, just uh, leaked out. I bought them all up, played three, and uh, it's just the worst Planeswalker to draw multiple of. Yeah. Like, Liliana is fragile, and you always want one turn three, but Soren is, sometimes you need him a little bit later with a Manalik backup or uh, post-stabilization, so you don't really need multiple. Nice. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Um, so you just took home a nice big fat check. Yep. Um, what's in store for you moving forward for Magic? Uh, Grand Prix and stuff on the horizon that you're planning on attending? Uh, definitely the Invitational Indy in Indianapolis as that's occurring as school finishes. It's right when school is done, the tournament's the next day, so I can I'll be going to that. Um, I scheduled a trip a year ago to Las Vegas for the summer for vacation, and I Ooh. happened to be going the same weekend the uh, Invitational or the. Oh. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> and we had no idea. It was completely accidental. So we, I actually, when I found out, I extended my trip a few days to incorporate that tournament. So I'll be going to that. Anything during the summer, I'm going to probably make it to. Uh, I think there's a Grand Prix in Atlanta I'm going to make it to. Um, and that's Legacy, of course. Some <laughs> shit. So, <laughs> so I'll be playing more Legacy. Um, and... Anything summertime, definitely. Any invitational, any open I can drive to, um, I'll definitely be sure to attend. Nice. So, uh, chance of Columbus? Uh, that is, I think, I think that's the week, day it's weekend. The weekend August. after Vegas. Yes, I can. Yeah, I'll be going to Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's only modern drive. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be uber sick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll be there. Um, I like it. It's a Grand Prix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I'll definitely be there. Then. Nice, nice. <laughs> so that will be the chance that I'm going to have to shake your hand and thank you for all of your appearances on the show. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's sick. All right, excellent. Yeah, Car. He met me. He knows I'm I'm ridiculous in real life. Much yeah. much less <laughs> much less mellow than I am. I like I'll uh, I run around and. Draft with people. We can't. We don't call it money drafting. We'll call it pride drafting or whatever we want to call it. <laughs> so we can do a little bit of pride drafting. Oh man! Speaking of pride drafting at the Invitational, that was a fun experience. I drafted with a couple of pros, like uh, old pros. I don't know if you know these guys, but like Morgan Douglas, like the way back when, um, kind of like the same crowd as like the Ben Rubens and stuff. Sure. Um, so we're drafting. And we were laying my deck out with my team, and they're like, you're terrible. You're awful. What's wrong with you? And my deck's like, two Curse of the Pierce Heart, two Bump in the Night. Uh, oh. Like, you know, I have a demonic tutor that flashes back to go get Bump in the Night. It's <laughs> like, you know, all this super aggressive black-red stuff. Um, they're like, you're not going to win a match. Right, so we did another, quote, pride bet on the draft match. Like, who best, like, record also. So not only do we do I you know can win money in the money draft, but clean up in uh, the side draft of who does better. And I'm just 
killing my opponents, like murder, like it's not even close. I'm just like, <laughs> curse you, curse you, two drop, can't block, tack you, bump you, flashback, bump, demonstrator, bump, bump, you know, just like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't drop, didn't drop a game in the two matches. <laughs> oh my god, I, oh. I love me some bump in the night. That's awesome. <laughs> that card is just, I don't know. I haven't made a draft card like that in a while where I just, it, everyone hates it and I love it. There's nothing, I haven't seen, there has been one of those and since last, last time I remember was like years ago. Nice. Shaheen, you got any, uh, any other, uh, terrible, uh, stories you want to tell us before we go? <laughs> hmm. By ter- by terrible, I mean like, like they're scumbag stories, right? That's what we're Right, yeah. About. I, I assume so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to see if I played any wonderfully dickhead <laughs> opponents last time. So, um, there is this guy. Oh. I don't know his name, so we're just going to say this guy. This guy, sure. And he's at, so far he's been at uh, Grand Prix Baltimore, which was standard. He was at Grand Prix Nashville a week later, standard. Or uh, uh, limited, and then he was at the Invitational. Um, I don't know who this guy is, but let's let's go back to Baltimore. He's playing against my friend Scott Fagan, a friend of mine from the area, and I'm sitting there watching the match, and he turns to me sharply, and he says, "If you're gonna say anything, you need to leave right now." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just dumbstruck by it." No one really talks to me like that, or uh, no one talks to anyone like that. Human beings. So I was like. Excuse me? He's like, I don't want you saying anything during the match. Uh, I'll call a judge over here and get you thrown out. Like, like just straight tells me that. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I sit there and I be quiet. And he beats my friend and just completely, like, com- complete dickhead. It's like, you know, one of these uh, mouth-breathing, nerdy, I, you know, I can go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I play him day two of that Grand Prix. Uh, and he beats me and knocks me out of the money um, the round before last because I could draw in the money if I beat him, which stung pretty bad. Uh, but in the match that he beats me, he tells my friend the same thing. Like, he says, you know, you need to leave. I'm like, so my friend goes to the judge and tells the judge how much of a dickhead this guy is. So the judge comes over. So the guy starts to tirade about how I sent my friend to sit beside him and it's a big conspiracy because I got this judge to come back and intimidate him into, you know, I'm, I'm trying to intimidate him into a loss. He's telling me all this while we're shuffling up for game three. It's like, so you're trying to intimidate me now? And this is revenge for your friend. Like, this is this guy is literally psychotic. Like, I've said maybe two words to this guy <laughs> in this whole match. And he, so he's he's going, I, I need to find, is there a, a history anymore? Because DC, I used to have history. Can I find out his name? I just want to give him a shout out online. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So, anyway, I lose this guy. So, then, the next week at, in Nashville, the same guy's there. It's like, I, yeah, I've never seen him before. So, apparently, he's just some, some big shot. Um, <laughs> playing against my friend, I mean, playing against Orrin Beasley, uh, the last round of, the day of, of day one of the Grand Prix. And Orrin knocks him out of day two. So, I go over That's... there. I'm like, yeah, buddy. You know, I'm just making an idiot. And, like, <laughs> the guy gives me this, like, death stare. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you remember me, friend? He's like, you know, grumble, grumble, grumble. So... All right, so at this point, uh, yeah, I see him this weekend or last weekend at the Invitational. 
Um, and he's there, and he just comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I don't want any hard feelings, and I you think we kind of on the wrong foot, and blah blah." And I'm like, "Fuck off, you fan!" Like, just completely like punk him down in front of all these people, and everyone's laughing and stuff. But I just want to give a shout out to the strange. He's like a ginger kind of like redhead, like freckly nerd kid that has no friends and duly, you know, for the right reasons, I guess. No, no, not him. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you the Zach Hall story from uh, that, a couple Grand Prix ago? I no, sure? no, I don't think so. Oh God, he. We'll, we'll stop he you hates, if you have. He hates me too. This is a quick one. Um, we're in the feature match. Uh, this is the second to last round of Baltimore, uh, not Baltimore. Um, Phil, GP Philly, I think it's Philly, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Um, and this is where uh, the. Wanted, wanted, wanted Tabi. Is that how you pronounce it? What Watanabe? Yeah, Watanabe. Yeah, he wins. He beats me for my winning in for top eight, and he wins a uh, Grand Prix. He beats me in the last round. Uh, but the round four, that Zach, I'm playing Zach. It's game three, and he's playing um, Deceiver, Exarch deck. So I, I go to Memorize him. I'm playing Blue Black, and for the love of God, I could not remember Splinter Twin. The name, I could not remember the card name. <laughs> Wow. So this is game three. He's dead once I resolve this. He's got one warm coil in his in his deck. It's already in the graveyard. Um so I'm like, fuck man, I really don't remember the name of the, the spell. He's like, Are you slow you know, he is he is losing it. Like he's like looking at me like breathing head like oh, like scoffing. I'm like, I honestly don't remember the name. It's the enchantment. <laughs> so I like have to call a judge over to describe the thing. He thinks I and he thinks I'm just, you know, being this asshole was, you know, like I'm <laughs> Yeah, he's like trolling him, and I honestly just told him, "Sorry, I'm retarded. I just can't remember the name of the card." But yeah, that my that's my only experience with uh, Zach Hall. But it's like I'm so, and then the judge finally tells me, shows me on his phone what the name of it is. I'm like Splinter Twin. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ah, showed you. Yeah, so it's like a a ten minute ordeal with a judge to finally figure out what the card name was so I can name it. Oh, God, that's funny. Yeah, you know, just some people in Magic. Well, Zach wasn't that bad, but. So the guy, man, he was, once I find out his name, I'll tell you it. I'll, like, message and PM you or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll give a delayed shout-out to, to <laughs> Grand Prix Grinding Dickhead will be yeah. his name now. We'll phone that one in for sure for you. No worries. <sighs> that's good. All right, that's all I got. Well, I, uh, so we, um, I want to give a special honorable mention to Mike Flores. Um, just real quick. Um, he was an absolute character over the course of the weekend, the Invitational. Um, fantastic to watch on camera. Um, you know, he did, uh, he played really well. And, you know, his deck tech was hilarious. Um, it was like he was bouncing around like a four-year-old on meth. It was hilarious. It was so good. The zeal and enthusiasm that we've all come to appreciate from Michael J. Flores was, uh, was ever prominent in that moment. Uh, and his, uh, and I have to, I have to give mention to his two five with Flores dot com posts because I kind of feel like he wrote them just for us. So <laughs> thanks, Mike. And you guys should all check it out and like it on Facebook. So it'll stop trolling me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I feel better. My obligations are almost complete. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. So Shaheen, man, like so crazy to have you on and major congratulations for your unbelievable run last weekend man that's it was a pleasure to watch and you know to sit there like we were you know on the rail 
<laughs> via the internet right. yeah. <laughs> was uh was fucking an awesome time and yeah it was uh we were all pulling for a man and and we're really sorry john medina actually picked you to go the distance did he he actually did well he was horribly misjudging my ability and legacy so <laughs> But yeah, appreciate it anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. with a little more experience, like without that that mistake to Nick. I mean, I probably made the finals and got crushed by uh, my my porn star friend Max Tits. He would have destroyed me. So I was gonna say, I don't. Somebody was asking, so are you gonna have Max on the show? And I'm like, no, we're having Shaheen on the show. I don't think our listeners would actually appreciate somebody on the show. Max named Max Teets, unless she was female and a porn star. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd give him a hard time. All that he was really reluctant on the split, in the top four, and it, he came around at the end. And I, I thoroughly appreciate it. the two people that were reluctant on the split that didn't auto, I think, submit their form, so to speak. They, uh, you know, they thought about it a little longer. Those two people made it to the final, so I was pretty stoked that they came around and did it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of money. Yeah. For a so magic tournament. Twenty five hundred right? bucks difference from the split and no split, so Yeah. Yep. It's Star City man, giving out double the you know you have to win two Grand Prix to make the same amount as a top four split of an invitational, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shaheen man, shout outs. Who you got? Um, just, uh, I guess one for Mike Flores, too. Yeah, he, he knows. He knows how much I love him. I tell him every time I see him that he's the reason why I got back into Magic. Um, past the PTQ Top 8, where I Top 8 with a horrendous blue-white control deck back in the day with, um, you know, so he mentions it. I saw it online. I got to tell all my friends. This is, like, 2004, and, uh, yeah, you know, he keeps... Even today, even like a few weeks ago, I saw my decklist in his article, so he's he's still giving me a shout out. So, um, go Mike, and of course <laughs> go, uh, shithead Grand Prix grinder, uh, ginger, fuck whatever his name is. I'll find out. <laughs> I mean, I really never disliked anyone like this before. I, you know, you see me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't dislike anybody, but this guy, <laughs> God. <laughs> like here's this it it feels like all the worst qualities of a human being were stitched together to make this <laughs> just, social and genetic refuse all just kind of like piled together with crazy glue. Right. I wouldn't tr- I wouldn't drag this guy's name through the mud if he just had no redeeming if he had one redeeming quality and he just does not. It's I'd awesome. Rather, I'd rather hang out with uh, an army of Michael Jacob clones. Then. <laughs> that's that's a tall order, sir. It is. I would. I would. I would do it. <laughs> Shit. All right. So those of you, anybody knows who this guy is, um, make sure you post it in the comments, please, of this of this uh, podcast, and uh, we'll let you know when it pops up. <laughs> Sounds good. Nice. And if you have his, if he has a Twitter handle, let us know too, because that would be entertainment in a can. I mean, someone's got to know him. Yeah. He goes to these things. I mean, he might not have any friends, but he has to have one person that knows him. <laughs> Do I mean, I, uh, maybe one of your one of your listeners can help me out with finding out who you've played and stuff. Because I remember, the, like I said, the old DCI reporter, uh, where your rating was, you could see your previous players you played. I don't know if the Planeswalker point system is that 
in depth. I don't think. I it think is. if you remember what round you played, I think you can go back through the coverage archives on the mothership, and uh, and click on the pairings. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember what round it was. It was the second to last round. They do that Grand Prix, so. Uh oh. Yeah, I'll find out. Actually, I'm not that worried about it. I'm really, really lazy. So, I mean, <laughs> someone else want to find out for me that's listening? Let good. me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stalk this guy. I, mean, I don't want to <laughs> give him any kind of ammunition for a judge later on. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to get suspended for, uh, you know, bad-mouthing somebody on a podcast. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Even though he's... God. All right, go Oh goodness! So, uh, your when do you expect your next article to go up? Um, submitting it tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, so probably right after the weekend, I'd say Tuesday or Monday. Nice. So likely just after this podcast releases. So that's pretty sweet. Yep. Awesome. 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 Um, so we will see you in Columbus. Very yep. excited about that. Um, I guess uh, KYT. What kind of shoutouts you looking at there, boss? Um, well, I played at the CMT Ottawa, and the venue was really nice. Um, I didn't do well, played Delver, lost to Humans and Tokens. <laughs> and so, Tokens was really tough. Oh, it's um, it, if you're not packing Ratchet Bombs or, like, Corrosive Gales, you just die. Or, like, Black Suns, yeah. you know. That card is really good against Tokens, by the way. Yeah, it it was unreal, so... I had a tough time against that, and uh, but uh, I just had a lot of fun there, and uh, just wanted to mention that. But other than that, uh, thank you, Shaheen, once again for being on the show, and yes, hopefully I can play the dirty deck and get myself a blue envelope this uh, this weekend. Thank <laughs> good luck, man. Just have to bathe yourself afterward. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, I've got just a couple shout-outs. Um, obviously, Shaheen. I don't. I don't have to go through this anymore. Like you're the man. You know it. Come on board whenever you want. Sick. Um, shout out to Jay for being sick. Sorry, man, you can't make it. Uh, we missed you, but uh, that's fine. We'll just call this a, a a podcast full of quality information instead of. Well, this one is not for entertainment purposes only. You know what? Boom! I just named the. I just named our episode not for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's cool. Um, shout out to, I need to give a special shout out actually, um, here to Seth Black. I need to give a shout out to Seth Black, uh, from the Toronto area. Um, apparently he is 100% what's good about magic. And, uh, so I just wanted to make sure that he knows that, uh, there are people out there that care, um, that he's a cool dude and that he should continue to do so. So I just need to, to make sure that that shout-out gets out there. Um, failing that, I need to give a shout-out to P-Sams, just because. Um, it's been a while. Uh, shout-out to Revised Angel. Um, you will look for something that uh, she and I... Uh, there's an article forthcoming in the next little bit. Uh, look for it. We'll let you know. And shout-out to our pending guests... Uh, LSV and Caleb, uh, looking forward to having you guys on as well. So, um, I guess with that being said, you guys can all have yourselves a fantastic day. Are you guys that are listening to this on Monday? And, uh, we'll see you next week.
Have a good one, guys. Take it easy.